Well, we are continuing uh, on our 40-day spiritual journey to a more generous life. If you have not had a chance to pick one of these up, please pick them up at the counters back there. They're free. And uh, it's a wonderful daily devotional that we are doing together as an entire congregation. All spread out all over kingdom come here. And we're doing this daily. It's a great opportunity. Some of you, uh, this will be the first time you actually do anything consistently on a daily basis in terms of spiritual life. It's a good habit to get into. Um, some of you couples should be doing this together. You men should be reading this uh, to your wife and to your children every day. It takes what? All three to five minutes. I think you can handle it. Uh, you know, but do this as, as a man in your home and, and as couples and in our families and, and, and go through scriptures together. You know, when you have devotionals uh, in, in your home, they don't have to be a big deal. They don't have to be a big drawn out thing. Um, in fact, you don't really want it to be a big drawn out negative thing. It's not an opportunity for dad to preach for an hour and a half, okay? We're talking, you can get little devotionals that you know, you can read together. It takes just a minute, 30 seconds, sometimes 60 seconds uh, that you can do together as a family. We did this every day with our kids until the day they left home. And even if their friends were over, we'd make their friends do it with us. And it was just a way of saying, hey, God comes first in our lives. And it's very simple. You just read it and, and, and uh, share with it. Uh, so, so let me encourage you, pick it up and do this deal. Now, uh, we're getting ready to enter week three of our 40-day spiritual journey to a more generous life and I want to look at 1st Timothy the sixth chapter now Paul the apostle is writing here to uh, this young preacher named Timothy and he writes to him and he says this look people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap now you say, well, pastor, everybody wants to get rich. Well, yeah, everybody wants to get rich. If anybody came up to me and said, would you like $5 million? I'd go, uh, sure, I'll take that. I'm sure, I'm sure any of you would willingly take. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the kind of want that is this intense desire where it becomes such a priority in their lives, seeking and striving and chasing after money. And he says this will become a trap to a lot of people. And indeed, a lot of people have fallen into that trap. You know, you don't even have to have money in our country to fall into this trap because we have had a, an inglorious um, system set up that you can get money you don't have yet to get stuff called credit, credit cards, all kinds of loans that you can take out. Uh, and people are chasing. They're, they're, what they have isn't enough, so they've got to get into what they don't have so they can keep getting. And it is a trap. It will suck you into a hole and eat you up and spit you out. It will turn you into a slave. Do not kid yourself. Slavery still exists in the United States of America. It's just not based on color anymore. It's based on credit. There's always been the spirit of men. As, as, as long as mankind has existed, there's always been men who wanted to enslave other men and work off the sweat of their brow while they do nothing. And the way they figured out how to do it in this country today is through credit, easy credit, with outrageous amounts of interest. So now you're working your butt off for them. You are busting yourself so they can make millions upon millions of dollars while they do nothing while you slave yourself to them, working for the new Massa, Massa Card, Visa, American Express. 
And we go to the Massa and we ask for a loan and we get into our, and it becomes a trap. I've shared this with you. When you get these little slips in the mail that say, hey, we've given you a $20,000 line of credit or here you can fill out these checks for $7,500. This is not praise the Lord dime. This is not a gift from God. It's from somebody else <laughs> that wants to suck you in. These people are not your friends. What they are looking for people are, are people who feel uh, desperate and who are in a hurry to get stuff that they don't have yet and they fall into this trap. They are not your friends. It is very predatory by nature. And I know I, I have, my wife will tell you this, for, for the last couple of years, you know, we get these things in the mail, you know, giving us all this money and you can have this and a credit card, you know, man, I could buy a house with the credit cards in my wallet. It's absurd. The amount of credit they want to give people. It's just gotten crazy. And they're saying, you know, we'll refinance your house. We'll give you 100% financing on your house. 125%. Have you seen some of those? 125% financing on your house. And now it's hitting the fan in this country. And I remember telling my wife, I would hold those things up. And I'm, I said, Debbie, I'm telling you, there's going to be hell to pay. This is preying on people, desperate people or confused people who are getting sucked into a system and it's going to destroy their lives. And look at the mess we got today. And I don't know that we've seen the bottom of this deal. I hope we have, but this is, this is not good. This is very, very bad. On the one hand, I think, you know, they're saying, well, they won't be able to have all this easy credit anymore. Part of me goes, praise God. Stop this insanity. But then we're into such a hole with this thing. Now then people won't be able to buy stuff and then jobs will be lost and we are in a pit that we need to, you know, I don't know what the pagans do, but I'm telling you, people of faith, we've got to get out of this nonsense. Look out for that stuff, man. People will fall into a trap and many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction, Paul said. And I say amen to that. He says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now, it doesn't say money is a root of evil. It says the love of money. There's lots of people who have money that it does not suck the life out of them. I know many people who have millions and millions of dollars. And this does not affect them. It just doesn't. It's the love, because they don't love, they don't have this passion, they're not consumed by it. It's those who, quite frankly, some of the people with the biggest love of the money are the people who don't have any. And they love it, and they just love it, and they love it, and they chase after it, and make all kinds of compromises in their lives for it. Now, I get it, you need the money. We all need the money. I'm not completely ignorant. I get that we need it, and God gets it and wants to bless you and help you in that area of your life. But be careful. He said, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith, pierced themselves with many griefs, and that's pretty much the end result here is just a lot of grief in people's lives. So the question is this, you know, what is it that you want? He said a lot of people want money so bad. What is it that you want? We all want things. We all need things. God knows that. God gets that. In fact, Jesus even encouraged us Ask God for what you want. You want stuff? Ask him. He was constantly egging people on. Ask him. Ask him. Knock. Keep on knocking. Ask. Keep on asking. Bug God. Bug the snot out of him. He told parables of, how, of, of a woman who came up and just kept asking this one guy for stuff and wouldn't leave him alone and just kept, give it to me, give it to me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. And the guy couldn't stand it anymore. 
He finally gave her what she wanted. Jesus said, be just like that with God. La, 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 la. Pick, 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 pick. Keep asking God. Keep God. Jesus actually encouraged that. But when you get to a place where you're more interested in what you can get from God than God himself, now you're in trouble. Jesus said, do that because God wants to give you stuff. God wants to bless people. He particularly wants to bless people in need. In fact, those of you who are the, in the hardest situation this morning financially, the ones that are watching right now, that you're in the worst situation financially, you're the ones God's targeting to bless you. He wants to bless you. He loves it. That's what Jesus taught us. But when you start getting more interested in what you can get from God than God himself, then the blessings stop. He will not go there. If you're more interested in the gift than you are in the giver, God will not go there. God told us this in the very beginning. We read in Exodus, you shall have no other gods before me. God does not appreciate taking second place to the things you want. And he will not give you something that you want if you want that thing more than you want God himself. You see, God, by his own admission, is a very, very, very jealous God. In fact, he even calls himself jealous. He says, my name is jealous. We read it in Exodus. Do not worship any other God, he says. For the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. God even says, my name is jealous. Don't mess with me. Don't be chasing other stuff. God is not an idiot. He knows when you're more interested in stuff and things than you are him. And the minute you are, you aren't getting jack squat from God. It's like the guy, you know, who wins the lottery, you know. All of a sudden he becomes very popular. Everybody likes him. Has all kinds of friends. You start hearing from relatives you never heard of before. Oh, how you doing? Get I'm your cousin on your 25th side over there. <laughs> People who come into money know that. Some of the players that uh, uh, play for the Packers that come to church here, you know, the guys that all of a sudden, God bless them, they get this great contract. You should hear them talk. Man, the relatives that come out of the walls suddenly feel inspired to reconnect. Well, they know what it is. It's just about the money. You act that way to God, you'd be more concerned. I mean, literally, I know people who are much more concerned what they can get out of God than they are God himself. I know a lot of people that really, they even, they treat the Bible almost as a, as a book of, of sorcery. Seriously. They teach on faith, and I teach on faith. I just taught a butt-kicking message on faith Wednesday night. You ought to be here Wednesday night. It's good stuff. You ought to get the tape, the CD. We don't have tapes anymore. I'm an old man. <laughs> CDs. Here, I'm mean, all for that, but they, they, they treat faith as this is some kind of manipulation. If you say this and you do this, then God has to do this. And if you say this and you do this, then God, and, and, and there's truth in that, except that I've met some of these people and without a doubt, you can sense it and you smell it on them right away. They really don't care about God. They're looking for what they can get. They figure, if I just say this and do this and twirl around and pray on one leg for 20 minutes, then I'll get all this kind of stuff. You're not getting anything. God is not an idiot. He knows your heart. And if you're more interested in stuff and what you can get from God than God himself, you can ask all you want. He will just stand there and stare at you. 
You need to be careful that you don't want money more than you want God. You will see that this week as you get into uh, this next week of, of this 40-day journey. One of the other things you'll also read is about being content. Being content. You need to be content. Paul wrote this. He says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Why? Because God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm not going to leave you out there hanging. If you will trust me, if you will put me first in your life, you'll have all that you need. Just be content. And that's the problem. Because we're not really content with what we have. We're consumed by what we do not have. I don't have the latest iPod. I don't have the coolest clothes. I don't have the nicer car. I don't have the bigger house. I don't have. I need, I need, I need. I want, I want, I want. I need, I need, I need. I want, I want. Oh, Jesus, give it to me. I want, I want, I want, I want. Pastor, why isn't God answering my prayer? Because God is not an idiot. You see, most of us are not content with what we have. We crave more, and that's what gets us into trouble. There's a great quote that you'll read this week that says this. It is not the high cost of living. It is the cost of living too high that gets most people in trouble. Another great quote you'll read, it says this. When your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep will lead to your downfall. You've heard me talk about this before. But don't live at the max. Step back. Don't fall into this stupid trap in our country. And we have the greatest country in the world, but I'm telling you, suddenly there's hell to pay and everybody's in a state of shock today. Why? Because everybody's living at the edge. You're going to get a house, what do they do? Let's see what you can afford. And they run the calculations and they find the max that you can afford it and you step up to that line and run your toes over it a bit 